So um, I watched the Rosalie film that came out on Friday. Or Rosaline. You know, the one with uh, Caitlin Denver. Rosalia. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's... Um, so it's like a retelling of Romeo and Juliet from the perspective of Rosalina or Rosaline. Or oh, Rosaline. Rosaline. That's what you said. Oh. Rosalia. Like, I don't know Rosalia how to pronounce film? your name. I watched the whole film. I, like, I watched the whole film. I recently reread the play again. And I still can't, like, my brain can't remember how to pronounce her name. But anyway, it's, it's sort of retelling of Romeo and Juliet from the perspective of the... Uh, the girl that Romeo moons over in the beginning of the play. Uh, who's the cousin of Juliet and I watch it mainly because I really like Caitlin Denver and like I think she's a great comedic actress and it was a little bit too girl bossy like they really had her be like oh, she's yeah, not like other girls but yeah, at the same it looks time, like uh, it looks like I'm looking at the poster <laughs> yeah but at the same time I gotta say Caitlin Denver is very very good at it so yeah she's a good actress watch- so if you just want to watch some, and also I like the the love story. I think the two leads had good uh, romantic chemistry. So like if you just want to watch like a good rom com with a charismatic lead, I recommend. But like don't you know expect ten things I hear about you from from this. No, this looks this looks like the Gen Z version of the persuasion thing, but like but you made it sound more fun than persuasion actually was it is better than persuasion i think because also like with persuasion like i don't know what they were trying to do oh i know what we're trying to do they (laughs) failed oh but like with this like it's quite like um it's quite obvious that they're not trying to adopt the 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 play they're just sort of inspired by things in it and i think it's like I don't know if you watched this like show with Haley Seinfeld uh, Dickinson, which is like you know, um, yeah, costume, but it's it. like very. Yeah. I've heard of it, but as you know, I don't watch television. Yeah, <laughs> I've not seen like... it. I know what it is. I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very like the great or the Dickinson sort of approach to period drama. So it's um, simultaneously like the the costumes and the aesthetic is very much of the time, but the dialogue and the sort of humor is very modern uh yeah it i ever comment i don't think it's like the best thing i've ever seen but i laughed a lot watching it which is always a good sign with a comedy so yeah but also caitlin denver looks very good with ginger hair it has to be yeah. said yeah i look i was looking at the poster like is that caitlin denver yeah that is caitlin denver mm-hmm. with ginger hair yeah she looks good yeah yeah she's good she has very good costumes as well so um you know what's a movie i also laughed a lot watching Elvis, I'm presuming. Elvis. Elvis is going to get a laugh a lot watching. I watched it today in the morning. I started my day with Elvis. Oh, no, that's a lie. I started my day with washing my hair and doing laundry, and then I watched Elvis. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, to quote Harry Styles, it's a movie. <laughs> it's a real um, movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the, my favorite thing about the movies that it feels like a movie, it feels like a real go, <laughs> go to the theater. <laughs> go to the theater film film movie yeah it's yeah, was, it's elvis it's elvis but That's like elvis. I, when i was like when elvis starts like the, the first five minutes really made me think of spy kids like in terms of editing and the cgi exactly exactly yeah um so on oh, that no, note... be real i have to be real i have to take a picture of you okay <laughs> 
Um, okay, so do we want to talk about Elvis first or do we want to talk about Elvis last as sort of like piece de resistance? Let's let's talk about let's get the bag out of the the cat out of the bag, the bag out of the cat the cat the bag out of the, bag. the cat bag of the cat um still okay. still a bit wobbly to be honest it's okay did you know that sort traditionally uh violins like the strings are made from cat guts from like the 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 bowels of cats so it's like taking why are you the... telling me this. <laughs> Because like taking the bag out of the cat, it's taking the bowels. Oh, out of the cat. okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, <laughs> morbid facts with Marcy. Okay, well, how many times have you seen Elvis? By the way, is it your first time or third time? Or... No, I did. I didn't. I gotta be honest. I didn't rewatch it this time because it's. I watched uh... it two. I watched it two times in the cinema this summer, and it's really fresh in my mind. I can just okay. go off the cuff. Um, but yeah, today's episode just general introduction today's episode is about i was gonna say it's it's musicals but it's not really musicals because elvis is not really musical but it I feels like so. a musical i think if, i think the common thread is all three movies talk about sort of the black influence on the emergence of pop music wait that is the wait i hadn't thought of that that is the wait yeah is that why you paired these mm -hmm. two together oh i had yeah. no idea but now that makes sense oh okay sure <laughs> um yeah it's okay i was gonna say like there are three musicals but elvis is not really a musical so okay we just like watched three films about um music and th there's music in it and it's about musicians and show business mm -hmm. um, i think sort of all three but no that makes much more sense actually i serve about in various degrees but they're about sort of the and the influence of black music in the 50s and 60s on sort of what we call popular music today. That is, uh, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> Elvis, the new one. Um, there was, a, was there any other Elvis? Um, uh, there was, I this... thought there was like his first bio, like biopic about him. No, no, no. John Carpenter, of all people, made one. I, oh. I don't I haven't seen it it's with Kurt Russell playing Elvis so it's it's exciting but mm. I'm I, I wait I'm checking out how it's um, okay I'm gonna check I, I do know called. that Sophia uh, Sophia Coppola is uh, working on a Priscilla film which is exciting as well yeah with uh, Jacob Elori playing Elvis which is actually pretty inspired casting I'm not gonna lie from looks alone yeah do there's an there's literally a movie called Elvis from 1979 by John Carpenter do we know who's gonna play Priscilla in the in the? Sorry, I. Uh... I think I think we did, but. I think we do, but I forgot. I don't, um, I don't see. So did John Carpenter direct it or just produced he, it? He directed it. Because I'm on his Wikipedia page, and I like I have directed features, and I don't see Elvis. Am I being gaslit by Letterboxd? John Wait, Carpenter. Maybe... Logan told me this. John Carpenter directed Elvis biopic. Okay. It has to be true. Uh... Wait. Oh, it's not here. Maybe it's maybe it was a TV film actually. Let me okay, see. Okay. Let, let me... acting roles. Yeah, Television. it was a t it was a TV. Ah, uh, a TV film. But okay, it's okay. it's 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 a movie. It's it's a movie directed by John okay, Carpenter. Okay, okay, it was okay. just on TV. I'll check it out. I'm interested now. Uh, who's 
playing Priscilla in the Sofia Coppola film. Yeah, I exactly. Um, it because is... I, I think Olivia, Olivia, how do you pronounce her last name? The John? The John? But the, the girl that played Priscilla in Elvis was very good as well. I really liked her. Um, yeah, it's not her. It's, wait, who is this girl? Wait, I'm seeing her face, but I don't know. All I see is um, Jacob already cast as Elvis Presley in Sofia Coppola's film Priscilla, but like, who the fuck's playing Priscilla? Exactly. Uh, all I'm seeing is like her face, but not her name. Maybe. This maybe is why we a... need feminism. Because <laughs> Wait, where, maybe it's like the, the first time. Name? Maybe it's her debut. Oh, it's from a girl from you should know her. Uh, this from a girl from Mayor of East Town. It's Kaylee oh Spaney. Kaylee Spaney. Did she play the daughter of um of Mary Strip? I have no clue. This she is okay. Kaylee Spaney is playing Priscilla, and she played um, Aaron McMenamin in Mayor of Easttown. Oh, yeah, so she played the daughter of Mara Streep in Mayor of Easttown. Okay, okay. Okay, that's not a terrible casting. She was a little bit lackluster in the <laughs> in the show, but maybe it was, you know, she also didn't get great material, so... Yeah, um, I trust Sofia Coppola. <gasps> oh, wait, no, sorry. I am talking shit. She plays the murder victim. Oh, she was so, cool. Oh, I, I was gonna say, like, but, is she just playing a corpse? I mean, no. There's a whole like the first episode, which I think is the best episode of the series, is sort of everything that leads to the murder. Like, is oh, okay, the, okay. The, the, you know, one day before the murder. Ah, uh, so, it's like it's like Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, no, like Jake, Jacob Alordi. Jake, I just call him Jake. Is he, does he go by Jake or is it always Jacob? Always Jacob. Okay, so Jacob, Jacob's a good casting. I can I see think. it working for sure. Yeah, I wonder if he can sing because, and but he played in that like Christian film where he played a singer, right? Wasn't or that Archie? Like... Wasn't that KJ Apa? So many Christian rock films. I feel like Jacob also did a Christian film like early in his career. In his four year long career. God, Jacob already has been in a lot of bad stuff. Jesus Christ, dude. I think like he really was booking whatever until Euphoria came about and that allowed him yeah. to have more, uh, like choose the yeah. projects he wants. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is, two he hearts. Two, two, two Hearts is a 2020 American romantic drama film directed by Lance Hu, starring Jacob Lordy and other people. What it is, is based this? on the Oh my the god, this poster! <laughs> I'm sorry, but this poster is ridiculous! It's based on the true story of Leslie and George Bascardi and Christopher Gregory. Plot. Uh, Chris, okay, um, this is too much information, but I think it's a Christian like rock film. This poster is absolutely ridiculous. You have to check out if you're listening. You have to check I, out the, yeah. the, the the poster for the film Two Hearts. Why are there puzzle pieces all over it? Oh my god! I I don't want to know. I think. But yeah, uh, Jacob. Yeah, he's also in Deep Water, which I recommend. It's very trashy. It's great. I still haven't seen it, but I will. It's fantastic stuff. Have you seen Blonde? Speaking of another, I, I have, I have, I have not seen. I'm, I've been waiting for Antonio and Jerome to see, which like we were preparing. Yes, 
let's see Anadarmus play Anadarmus play um Marilyn Monroe yes and then literally every like it or love it love it or hate it everyone says that the movie is like harrowing and and like cruel and mm-hmm. like depressing and scary and I'm like okay this might not be the best party movie <laughs> like both from people that loved it and people from people that hate it like all of them been saying like oh yeah this is one of the most disturbing mainstream movies ever made like <laughs> like okay sure maybe maybe we should watch it for halloween that's a good what the hell are we doing next i have one? no idea actually because I, I was gonna suggest like it's if it's nothing horror we could either watch a season of american horror story which i'd be into so, i'm in the mood I mean, for it I did want I did I did want us to watch my favorite season of American Horror Story, which is Coven, at some point, but so I could just move it for the next episode. That's perfect. Uh, That's perfect. But let me see. Okay, so we have Riverdale too scheduled after this. So You know what? I am actually willing to push back Riverdale. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good with American Horror Story. I'm Okay. Yeah. So, do you want to do Coven or do you want to do some other season? Because I'm open to doing a different right. season as well. I've literally only seen the first one, and that was when I was like 15 years old. Okay, I can tell you because I haven't seen like the the one that that came out last year. Um, but I can tell you sort of which are my favorites. So I really like. I think Coven is like the favorite. Mm. Um. I also really like the the slasher one they did. It's like 1987, I remember. If I remember correct. 84, sorry. But like, you know. Uh, <clears throat> Ranaoke, I also really liked. And... Can, can we watch the Gaga one? Hotel? Yeah. But, but, I mean... Like, okay. Everyone says it's terrible, but like... Uh-huh. Um... Uh, Vash, my friend Vash, cool. Uh, like they keep telling me that, like, they've seen all seasons of American Horror Story, and Hotel's their favorite. And I, I, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I, I think I'm, I, I, I think I, like, from a distance, I think I can see why. I mean, you um, can watch Hotel. It's yeah, okay, if you don't like it, let's let's pick. No, I, I'm, just, I'm honestly me... fine with like literally. I'm, I, I, I kind of just. I'm in the mood for absolutely goofy Ryan Murphy bullshit. That's what I'm in the mood for. Because to me, Hotel is kind of um, uh, boring. <laughs> like it's it's the same way. Like people like so many people love Asylum, but to me, Asylum is like a very boring season that's like all over the place. It has yeah. no cohesive like attention to theme or like anything, and I'm not a fan of that. Um, we can just like do you know what we could i i can create a roulette online and i will include all of the seasons except murder house since that's the one you you've seen yeah i, I saw murder house we, yeah and then we can just let fate decide which season we'll watch because there's no really like connection to yeah mm. right? i mean except for apocalypse which is the eighth season which sort of has characters both from coven and murder house like it's got it. a got it but got other it. than that it's but there is no connection. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw the first episode from the new one, double feature, and it was goofy as shit. And I loved it, but I never followed up on it like I usually do. There's a, I think this week, the 11th NYC. season will start. Yeah. yeah NYC. We it could looks... watch a, we could watch a season and we could watch the first episode of NYC just to see how it is. 
Oh, sure, sure. That's, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, so do you want to just do a roulette then and let fate decide which season we're going to Let fate decide, yeah, okay. Um, okay. Random number from 2 to 10. <clears throat> number from 2 to 10. 5, what's 5? Uh, it's hotel. hotel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe you'll like it more this time. I I doubt it, cause like it's supposed to be. Okay, we'll see, we'll see. But I'm, I don't think I'm as Ryan Murphy pilled as you are. So like, him just going battery crazy doesn't do it for me. I actually need some like, substance, <laughs> and hotel doesn't have a lot of substance. Right, like, because essentially, hotel is like part vampire story, if I remember correctly, part just like loosely inspired by this real hotel that's in Los Angeles that's supposed to be haunted, and like a bunch of murders happened there. Yeah, um, and we'll see, we'll see. Maybe I'll change my tune. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing like clips of it and it looked kind of insane. Um, I think I'm gonna like this. I'm not gonna lie. Unless I end up finding it boring. I don't know. There's only one way to find out. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. Rest in peace, Calvin. <laughs> but that one, if that one's good, we can leave that one for a palate cleanser. I mean, it's a Ryan Murphy show, so it's not like good, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm just gonna rewatch Calvin on my own. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, the movies, Elvis. The movies for today. The movies for today are Elvis. Airspray 2007 and Dreamgirls 2006. And uh, they're all about uh, the influence of black music on popular music in general. Um, and yeah, that's what binds all three films together. And I hadn't realized it. <laughs> um, by the way, what's your sort of opinion of Elvis as a musician? Like, did you like him? Did you not like him? I, like I him? knew, I barely knew, I barely knew. I before the movie, I barely knew anything. Like, I mm -hmm. knew, I knew some songs, and like, I this is not really my thing. Like, it's just, it's not my thing. But then I, I saw the film, and I still don't like his music, but I do like Suspicious Minds a lot. That's a great Suspicious song. I think that's my favorite Elvis Presley song. It's so good. It's, it's like so good. I, I don't think I don't think anyone needs to like Elvis to like that song because it's it's just it's gorgeous, beautifully written. Like yeah, and the, like the arrangement and everything. It's great. It's great. No, I sort of was somewhat of an Elvis fan. Okay, I, I'll explain it. I loved Lilo and Stitch growing up, mm -hmm. and sort of Elvis music <clears throat> is heavily featured in that film. So I loved all of the songs by Elvis featured in that film. And then I sort of listened on and off to his like greatest hits, uh, but um, but yeah, I think Suspicious Minds great. I also really like the song that they featured in the credits, which I'm very happy that like more people will know that exists, which is in the ghetto, which I think is a very nice song. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I don't like Love Me Tender, uh, but can can help falling in love is cute. Uh, I can't help falling in love is a good song. Actually, I like two songs that I know. I like mm -hmm. can't help falling in love and suspicious minds. 
And I also really like Unchained Melody in his rendition because I think his voice is very haunting. Yeah. So, and I really like the spoiler the decision to use it as the final song in the film because I like, I love that scene. Yeah. Mm. Like I I may not listen to the song like on its own, but like in the context of the movie, and and like cutting, yeah, making that scene like his final performance like is it works really well. Mm-hmm. but the thing is also because like Elvis you know he was a musician during the time that most musicians did not write their own stuff right so like it is shown in the in the film that sort of the the music at the time was mostly people doing like covers of other people's songs which is a yeah. which is showcased in all three films where you have like the original artist and then like that song is like picked up by other artists and stuff like that so covers were a lot more common than they are now and so i mean this happened even later with um whitney houston her rendition of i will always love you people forget that it was originally by dolly parton yeah and that she wrote the song right yeah um uh which is ironic because like all of these three films are about black people writing songs and then like white artists taking them and making them quote-unquote their own in public consciousness but like with i will always love you it's like the opposite because yeah that's, person that's is the, yeah that's funny <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty funny actually yeah yeah it might, um, be, might, be, might be like the one case where that's like the the yeah the i don't know what i'm saying yeah it might be the one case <laughs> like the one like big notable case where that happens yeah um, but yeah, I think sort of what I've always liked about Elvis was his voice and sort of not just sort of how it sounds, but how um emotional he can make it. It's it's a similar yeah. quality that I think Olivia Rodrigo has or Haley Williams that like you can sort of Elvis <laughs> is just like an eighteen year old girl. <laughs> I mean, kinda, yeah. No, I I get what you mean. The comparison was just funny. Yeah. <laughs> Because like there is like um like technically the 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 voice delivery is very uh, is very good as far as I you know as far as I know anything about technical delivery but it's sort of like the emotional quality that I think is like so emotive that draws people in yeah. and I think all these yeah. three singers have that in common. You know what? That's quite true because like no Elvis for sure like I like I mean I like music much like a lot of his music but like it's not my thing but like. I mean, come on! Like it's just one of the best performers like ever. Like he's insane. He was insane, but mm-hmm. um, I, I I get what you mean about Olivia Rodrigo because she like she some of her lyrics like um are like very are like not really like the most emotionally charged when you think about it like on deja vu mm-hmm. like she just mm-hmm. goes i was the one who taught you billy joe's like okay sure okay whatever but when she goes but it's like I was how she said taught you billy joe's like yes exactly makes it you know yeah makes it emotional. yeah yeah exactly exactly um so yeah but i i how should i describe my experience of watching elvis i felt like I like I have aged watching this film. Like I was That's, watching it yeah. and like I kept like checking sort of the timestamp. I was like, oh my god, only 14 minutes left. I feel like, you know, so much. But at the same time, I don't think it's like it drugs. I don't think it's like yeah. it gets tiring in any way. It's just sort of impressive that he covers so much material. Um, I mean, 
within almost three hours, but like in a way that doesn't tire you. And I think it was also interesting about her because I was thinking about the other like quite long film that I've watched this year, which is uh, Drive My Car. Drive My Car, right? Yeah, Drive My Car. Yeah, because I I remember like in some episodes prior I uh drive me crazy instead of drive my car like yeah so drive me crazy yeah yeah <laughs> drive my Airbnb <laughs> uh yeah so drive my car I it it also didn't tire me despite of its length but like the film is quite pensive and like meandering when you think about it and this is like very fast paced very you know, Bas Lerman-esque. Yeah, this this movie is insane. Like, it is mm-hmm. actually, like, out of its mind. Because the first five... Yeah, I, I, and I totally get what you mean about, like, getting to the end and, like, feeling like you're age, you've aged. And I honestly think that was super intentional because, mm-hmm. like, for this entire movie... It's just this, for two hours, a long movie, like, for two hours, you get, like, an onslaught of visual information, like, thrown at you constantly. Like, there's no normal cut in this movie. It's always, like, a, like, a, 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 like, a, a dissolve, and then, like, a, a weird graphic thing transition to the other scene, and then it's, like, a match cuts, and, like, it always moves, it's always, like, giving you insane visual and audiovisual information it no almost no time for you to process like this it's like it's kind of like yeah like the spikies movies or speed racer it's so just like fast-paced and colorful and loud and like there's mashups of songs and voices and it's just yeah. non-stop and, and it's like and it gets to the final like 20 30 minutes and it calms down and by that point elvis is like He's done. So like, worn out. He's so like worn a out. Ghost and, of a human being. And like by the end, you feel so tired that I I think that's the point where like you spend two hours just going through this, and then by the end it just slows down. He just like you you die with him. You sort of like just mm-hmm. like oh. And it's like it's like everything mm-hmm. falls on top of you, and like I think that really reflects as well in Austin Butler's performance. Um. Where, like, throughout the film, he's just, like, he's going all out. Like, he's, like, shaking. He's, like, he's going insane. But by the end, he's just so worn out. All you see, all you see of him, it's, like, this bubble of, like, stress and sweat. And, like, he doesn't look well at all. And you're just, like, that's how I feel watching the movie, too. I just feel, like, so withered and, and like, tired, but in a good way. Because yeah. you've just gone on this, like, insane roller coaster of a journey. Like when I was watching this film, especially by the end, I was like very grateful that like it that it wasn't made into a TV show, despite my sort of you know love for for that form of storytelling. Because I really think like it's exactly like you said, like you have to be in this like single sitting, you have to like go through this like wild ride, high voltage sort of experience with him to really understand what did him in the end to really sort of understand the tragedy of this man and this performer and if if this was like cut into episodes if this was made into like three three episode miniseries it would completely lose that effect which so I'm very happy that like despite the sort of landscape of filmmaking today people grin grin uh with this as a 
like in this form and it was yeah it was made in this form because i think it really um, yeah yeah it's like re- like it's a quintessential medium is the message right so yeah yeah exactly because like you know you could say oh yeah elvis went through so much you could make a tv show yeah yeah you could plot wise but mm-hmm. like i also think you can make a movie out of anything no matter how much information or how much is about because like if you want to make it about like of a long movie where it's fast paced fast paced super fast paced and like in 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 the message of the movies that you go on this ride with this character through his life and and eventually through his demise into his demise like i i do completely agree with you like making it a long movie with this style of editing and by the end slow only slowing down at the end and making it more emotional um really worked to that effect yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's why i think like sort of choosing whether something should be a film or a tv show shouldn't be about oh we have this much material yeah of course it it should be about which medium will solve the story best yeah yeah it should always be like that frame of thinking yeah yeah you're telling elvis's story but like which which story are you telling of elvis like if if this makes any sense like it's telling Mm -hmm. the story of his life but there's different ways to tell the story of his life like you can make a 10-part documentary you can make a fictionalized like two three seasons of him or whatever Mm -hmm. like but you can also make this like super contained like self-contained mammoth of an insane movie yeah Um, and i think sort of watching this film is somewhat like probably what watching him perform would have been like mm -hmm. like this high high energy Mm -hmm. all the time all the time all the time and so I love like the editing in his performance is like it's so over the top it's so ridiculous like when he's like he's like shaking and and it's like the like the like every second there's a different like cut to the crowd and like the girls in the crowd are just making like the most over the top insane <laughs> overly exaggerated faces and it's like they're makes, coming like they're like, experiencing yeah, exactly. orgasm in that like crowd. it's and it's like it's so over the top but it's like exactly like if if the movie is trying to make me like feel what it's like to be there it has to be like over the top and exaggerated and Mm -hmm. like um not fully realistic to human behavior but it doesn't have to be you know like exactly it's like you know you're making a biopic you're not making a historical piece i think yeah yeah and so it's to me it's more important to sort of capture Especially if you make a biopic about an entertainer, I think it's more important to sort of capture the specific aesthetic and phenomena of that yeah. phenomenon of that entertainer rather than like making a very realistic film. You know, like um, because also not like not every film has to be a realistic. Like there's a lot of value in being hyper realistic and like or not realistic at all. Like it's a film for fact's sake, like a documentary, right? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like this is why I I'm a big defender of biopics recently. Like and I'm not a biopic person because like most biopics that gain like sort of traction in like award circles are really boring and they're, have... they're very very thing. They're essentially like oh we wanted to make a documentary but like no one watches documentary so we're gonna make this like very boring uninspired biopic and like i'm not about that like either make a like very boring not boring but like if you want to make something like very realistic do something like small acts like do stories that otherwise people wouldn't care about them unless they were like in a fictional film you know what i mean yeah like i don't need to watch like 
a biopic about Aretha uh, Franklin or like um, Judy Garland or like, That's like you know, whichever I, I would, singer. You know, I would if there's like I don't know, like a filmmaker behind it with like a with like a with like a a creative vision that's like unique to that performer and that's just not like the same type of movie adapted to like different completely different people i mean exactly because like i think elvis has a lot of value purely as a film not just as a biopic so like you yeah. it's just an, a very interest interesting enticing experience as a film and like when i watch other biopics it's always like okay so i could have just like read all this information yeah it's, it's like, just like these the Wikipedia film has page movies that ha like don't and you know elvis also is but it also has the creative vision behind it mm -hmm. that like you know makes it an engaging movie and make and sets it apart um but yeah what i also really like about the elvis biopic is that like instead of being like these are you know facts about elvis life in such and such sequence but it actually has like an artistic conceit of like the relationship between him and his manager Cornel parker and also sort of how distorts it because like the story is told from Cornel parker's perspective so like the same way he sort of distorted him as a man he also distorts his narrative which i found to be very interesting. exactly i i love that framing first of all um but speaking of corner blogger first of all tom hanks is insane he he's in the fat suit right yeah he looks insane the accent is insane everything that comes out of his mind of his mouth is hilarious that one scene where he speaks quote-unquote dutch Okay, so the first security, we, security, security. We talked about how like the first five to ten minutes are absolutely insane, and it's just like okay, this is what we're we're going for. The it's it's like it, it instantly starts like you're in like the the highest energy scenes from Speed Racer or something, but it's about Elvis, mm -hmm. right? And so the culmination of that start for me is that scene when Colonel Park discovers who Elvis is. And there's this like there, this kid played by Cody Smith McPhee is playing Elvis's music. It was like, um, and Colonel Parker is like, oh, but we can sell records made by black people. Blah 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 blah. And Cody Smith McPhee is like, no, but this boy is white. And then it's an insane zoom. It's so fucking funny. It's an insane zoom on like Colonel Parker's face, and he just goes he's white and all these and like you can you can almost see like the cartoon like dollar signs on his eyes uh -huh. like it's all it was missing is like cartoon dollar sign like looney tunes ass dollar signs on his eyes and that scene was so fucking funny also that scene where he where um he's Elvis supposed to be performing like a Christmas special but no he's just oh, yeah. going off the rails like yeah this is high energy music this is music I love inspired by like all these black people i grew up with this black music that i love and i'm bringing it to to the mainstream and everything it's like high energy and colonel parker's like where's where's santa claus where's sandy claus play the you sandy claus to sing, song here comes the santa claus <laughs> in this weather he said so many times i'm gonna edit the sound of him saying sandy claus like on this podcast like for sure like it's so funny for sure, for sure. I think that was um supposed to be his like sixty eight comeback show, right? The 
I don't know details about like pretty much okay. all I know about Elvis is this movie. Like, mo- uh, like besides okay. some of the most famous songs, right? Like I knew some of his famous songs, but like I don't really know like specific landmarks of his life. I okay. knew he married Priscilla. Yeah, but other than I knew I knew about his film career, failed film career, but other than that, yeah, that's all I knew. I mean, it it's funny to me because like, he made so many films and you, the most like, popular songs are from his films but like a lot of right. people nowadays don't know that they were in films they just know the songs right so it's, yeah it's funny. like the films are just completely because they were like very like low budget oh yeah let's just quickly throw together something because it has elvis on it you know mm-hmm. and it's like the thing about um this recent streak not streak it's just two movies of harry styles movies really reminds me of that there's gonna be a third one soon the my policeman or something yeah no yeah yeah, yeah. my policeman yeah i was mentioning don't worry darling my policeman and like uh, i thought you also included dunkirk which is a terrible no, that's not movie. real that's not re- he's not in it that's a puppet they made him look like harry style he's not real like no one acts in that movie like the first film was just <laughs> playing with puppets um like um but um yeah hey like don't worry darling just like gives me such Elvis. Have you seen it or have I have not... seen it now. And thoughts. It ain't good. <laughs> it ain't good. But let listen, let me tell you. When Harry Styles was revealed as like it was an the incel, plot twist right? happens. When it was revealed that Harry Styles became an incel because Florence Pugh was was spent too much time outside of the house working to provide for him. So he turned to a alt-right podcast and turned into an incel and then all you see is harry styles with the long hair and the beard it's like like it's it he looks hopeless like it's it's hilarious like it's hilarious like i that's what made the movie worth it for me Mm -hmm. like the first half is so fucking boring like oh yeah florence p is losing her mind who cares i've seen this tons of times the 50s were bad for women everyone knows that like, I mean, the thing is, like, I was watching this film, right? And I think I even told you, like, I was watching this film, and I, like, at the re- I could really feel like that Olivia Wilde thought she was doing something revolutionary there, and I was like, is she really sort of pretending that Stepford Wives does not exist? It's, it's like <laughs> I, I resp- I like, I, I, I like Olivia Wilde in the sense that she is just so in her own, like, bubble. She's such a like classic Hollywood celebrity. Like, she is just. Oh, it's it's so funny to hear her speak and like read her interviews because she's just like she she has no idea what's going on in the real world like it's so funny mm. like it's it's she's a bit delusional and that's what i like from celebrities so like don't worry darling i don't think it's a very good movie but it's like an interesting like cultural artifact like right now because it's like mm-hmm. a completely original story it's like a throwback in the sense of like oh a, the most popular musician in the world is in a movie in the starring role in a in a movie let's capitalize off of his image and stuff like that and it's like this like half-baked fake black mirror storyline mm-hmm. and it's like made by people who are so convinced that they're making something like important and revolutionary but it's like they're just so in their own like bubble and don't really know what's like actually happening in the world outside of like hollywood and like uh, that that like the, that's that, this is just what comes out and it's really funny like it's it's just a it's just a very funny like goofy cultural artifact of, of 2022 that we're gonna look back on it's like oh that's 
kind of fondly, even though it's not very good. We're gonna look back at like, ah, don't worry, darling. That was a that was a that was an error. True. Um, because like when you think yeah. about it, like in the last couple of years, like <clears throat> no no movie good or bad remade a big impact. So even though Don't Worry Darling isn't very good, it's still it made an impact. I, it will I, be remembered. Like, like are some marvel movies better than don't worry darling yes they are like yeah but also <laughs> i would rather a million don't worry darlings than a million marvel movies it doesn't matter if they're better or worse like it's we need more like passion projects from people who are too in their own heads with hollywood drama bullshit mm. that's what we need i think also speaking of like uh bubble hollywood stories the idol was pushed back by a year the release a year i mean so it was supposed to be released in this november but they pushed it to 2023 oh no oh i was looking forward to it i'm sorry i'm sorry to be the bear wait wait why was it pushed back how bad is it how 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 much do they need to fix I don't I don't know like, why it was pushed back because like it also like they didn't announce it like very openly. It was like very covert. It did just like release a new trailer and oh in the no. new trailer instead of November 2023, 2023, oh, 2022, no. you have uh 2023, 2023. Like, so how how do you okay, how bad does it how bad is it? Like how bad does it have to be? Because that's the thing, when people push back, like, projects are essentially, like, done and ready, like, someone on HBO must have seen it, like, the entire show for the first time before it was going on air, like, a month. Um, Some executive saw it and was like, what the fuck is this? Let's fix this. <laughs> I, that's, I'm fully convinced that what happened, that's what happened now that you told me that. Which ironically makes me more interested in the project now. <laughs> I am. I don't care if it's bad or, or good. Like I want to see. I know what's. I want to see what's going on. Like what? Mm-hmm. What is this show? I mean, hopefully we'll find out. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope won't. it comes out. I hope it like it's not shelved or anything. No, it won't be shelved. Like I, I think it's too big for it to be shelved. Yeah, like, like no not... matter how bad it is, like we're gonna probably gonna see it because it's gonna make money yeah yeah just like i think there'll be a lot of people just like us who might watch it just out of like morbid curiosity yeah like uh. sam levinson's kind of the new ryan murphy where everything he does is like extremely trashy and in like just like ryan murphy there are points in ryan murphy's career where he's like so convinced that he's making like real important art but he's just making like the goofiest like trashiest bullshit you can imagine <laughs> Sam Levinson is Sam Levinson is exactly like that. And so, just like Ryan Murphy, there was like a very brief moment where like there was like genuine acclaim. So here I'm thinking first season of Euphoria, and with Ryan Murphy was the first season of Glee, and now it's just clownery. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and like I I do, yeah. It's like it's Sam Levinson's the straight Ryan Murphy for sure. Ryan Murphy's gay. You did, wait, you didn't know Ryan Murphy is gay? I know nothing about his sort of yeah, um, he's, yeah, uh, he's... biography. Oh, I only know that he's bald. <laughs> That's all I know about Ryan Murphy. We, you, you have very bad memory because we made an entire Ryan Murphy episode, and then Tony was on it, just like pretty much like psychoanalyzing him and like as uh... like him as a gay guy and like what makes him tick. Now I remember. 
yeah no, yeah he's yeah he's gay like i honestly like no straight man could do like some of the things he does like they no, have, you have true, to like true. they have to be a bit fruity to, to to make something that insane true true i was just um being dumb i was just being silly <laughs> like um i wasn't being yeah. very perceptive but also yeah. did you know that boz lerman is not gay now that's shocking Buzz Lerman is not gay. What? Yeah, he's he... not gay. He's not gay. But he is he straight or is he just pansexual? Like, I, I'm I think he's married. I mean, I don't like I think he said he's not gay. Like, I think he's married to a woman or is in a relationship with a woman. And I don't I think he's like I think like given the films that he's made and like his whole vibe, like flying away yeah. and everything, like people would no, he's been married to a woman since 97. But like that he could just be bisexual or pansexual. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think people. I think he's like said that he's not gay, like oh, or any okay. in any sort of way. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, um, but look, look at his picture. He I looks know. fruity. Like I know he's so funny. The, the, like, the pout. I mean, like, exactly. Come on. Like that's. <sighs> ah, he's, okay. he's personal he's, he's life. Do we? He's a funny guy. That's a that's a guy who makes like something every once every like seven years, but like it's justified because Elvis like must have taken like an insane amount of craft, and I'm glad it's successful. No, I think like Elvis, the, the production of Elvis took like two years or something. Like I remember that like Austin Butler was announced as, um, you know the the lead in the film before the pandemic. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. they must also have be, been yeah also due to the pandemic, but also like this the insane amount of craft that this movie like the editing process must have been insane. Like mm-hmm. it's actually like the amount of work that's into just not even how like refined the editing is. It also is refined, but also how much editing there is. There's so much editing. <laughs> There's yeah. like so many insane transitions. Have you seen the show he did on Netflix? The Get Down. The get down? You yeah, know I what? Have... You know what? I actually have. I have seen the Get Down. I have seen the TV show. I like. I it. haven't. I haven't seen it, but I do want to see it. I, um... Yeah, the Get Down. The Get Downs. I, I watched. No, I like. I liked. I watched only the first season, but okay, I liked it. There was only one season though, because it was canceled after first season. Was it? It was oh, just. Okay. The season was split into two, though. Maybe that's so you watched the first part of the oh, first season. Oh, right. Yeah, I watched the first part. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Boz Lerman is not gay, which is confusing. Um, yeah, El- like it. Yeah, it took nine years. He also directed a few episodes of uh, The Get Down, but like he hasn't done a lot. But like you, you have the sense like this is a man who makes these insane movies, but like he really cares about this shit. Like yeah. he. Like, the amount of cocaine he must have done to make Elvis. Like, I'm serious. This movie is so high energy. Like, this movie is cocaine brought to life. <laughs> is it, have you ever done cocaine? No, 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 I haven't. But, like, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've seen people do cocaine. I've, I've read about people do cocaine. I've watched movies okay. about people doing cocaine. I think I know what it does to people. No, uh, it's just like the way you say it is like I was like, are you a cocaine addict? And no, that, and I'm I just not. Don't know. <laughs> I, I probably would be better off if I was. That's a lie. I, I'm I'm That's talking out of my ass. No. But like, yeah, yeah, but, you know. Because you already, I think like if you were to do drugs, it would be better for you to do depressants than hypers. Because like you, like since you have problems with focusing, if you do hypers, it will be it would only get worse. Yeah, yeah, but also like I feel like. Elvis is a very ADHD movie, but it's also a very cocaine movie. 
mm. not because Elvis does a lot of cocaine, just because like the absolute like he doesn't even do that much cocaine in the film. I think Eddie Murphy does more cocaine in Dreamgirls than Elvis and Elvis. That's actually true. Maybe like he, maybe he they does had a lot to... more like pill popping. Yeah, like um, Boz said, there's like a four hour cut of Elvis. It some might someday get released, which I'm really excited about. Maybe they took out a lot of Elvis's drug use from the movie. Maybe just so could it could be. like fit to fit be a blockbuster essentially. Yeah, no, no, no. Could be, could be. Um, um yeah. But yeah, like Elvis is a crazy high energy movie that I think. Like even if you're, I w- I'm not that interested. I wasn't that interested in Elvis, but it's like it's extremely well crafted. It's like it tells this incredibly, incredibly com- um, compelling story of like how you become like America's sweetheart and America's number one enemy, like all, all at, at the once. same time. Like the down, the, the insane depressive like downfall of a man, him becoming like increasingly depressed and empty and like just a, like a like an like this vessel. And like... just how exploitative music industry yeah, is. Not just exactly. sort of the artist's individual, but also like... Because it, the, the film also showcases the exploitation of the uh, the American musicians sort of through Elvis. Like Because as Elvis becomes more and more popular, more and more Black musicians get forgotten. Like yeah. People don't remember now Sister Rosetta or Big Mama Thornton who are i think people remember bb king but like you know all these like prominent musicians who are featured in the film they are not sort of part of the mainstream lexicon when we think about that period of of music even though they were the people who wrote those songs and yeah and you know i'm i'm not an elvis historian but at least from the narrative proposed in the film like elvis was very much sort of like like an enthusiast of the sound he was like very much appreciative of um the the detroit sound or like the black american culture and like he i think he had this like oh i just i think it's neat and i want to share it but like the sort of the exploit the exploitive sort of character of the industry and like erase those people through him so like it it's kind of like very tragic when you think about it that like he was doing it because he wanted to share it but because of it because of him it was erased yeah 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 no no yeah it's it's a movie that has has a lot of like dimensions to them to it because where's my tea because like even if you know nothing if if you're an alien you've seen this movie for the first time and you have or like or like if you like i don't know we're put like we're frozen in like 1940 and you brought back to life now and like you know nothing about Elvis because you didn't live through it or haven't read about him like I think this movie would still be completely like compelling to watch because it's like also this like very compelling story of just a, a guy who becomes a vessel for like cultural discourse in America all at once mm-hmm. and had like the effects it has on his body and like mm-hmm. he's drained from every direction and all you see from him is just like this broken down like shell of a man by the end um mm-hmm. and i think austin butler deserves a lot of credit like the physicality in this performance is just it's yeah it's very interesting for me to watch this film because i've been aware of austin butler for like a decade because he was in the like a uh, uh, high school musical spin-off about sharpay 
and mm-hmm. then he did the Carrie Diaries, which is a, a prequel to Sex and the City. And he does like he did this like weird MTV show that I watched a couple of episodes of. He wasn't with Vanessa Hudgens for like a decade, so like I would I've been away f- of him for a very very long time. But like I really like watching him here. It's like it like he's amazing. He's he's just so good, and I'm so happy that like hopefully through the success of this film he will get like more opportunities to re-stretch his talent because i think he's a very talented performer i think he has a shot i never paid much attention to him but like he's this Mm -hmm. is a great performance i think and like i think he has a shot being nominated for the oscar i i Mm -hmm. I legitimately do think he has a shot being nominated i'm not sure if the oscars like biopics yeah exactly i'm not i'm not sure if the movie itself has a shot at being nominated for best picture and stuff i don't know i hope Um, it wins editing it should god yeah like i really do think and it's not just because like oh this movie is edited is like has, has a lot of editing it's a lot of like fancy editing it should be not for best editing like people do that like equal those two things like a lot of editing equals good editing but like, like in elvis it really does work because the editing is crucial to like the the weight of the like the the raw like you pretty much the, the entire message of the movie is like <clears throat> you get put on this insane roller coaster almost like dreamlike ride with with Elvis and then it by the end it just slows down and becomes so like depressing and like paranoid mm-hmm. um and it, it essentially becomes like a movie about paranoia by the end of like paranoid of death paranoid of everyone around him yeah and, is and it like still the paranoia editing... if like the thing you're afraid of is like true <laughs> No, you know what I mean? Because, like, there are so many scenes in by the end of the movie. It's like a motif. And, mm-hmm. and the first time, it's funny. Because, like, you see, like, Elvis, like, doing this insane performance. And all you hear, like, the tonal shift is, like, Martin Luther King has passed away. It's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, yeah, the 60s. Yeah, okay. But, like, the tonal shift was so funny. It's like, because mm. um, it was being so goofy. It's like, Martin Luther King has died. It's like, oh. Um, but, like, but by the end, like, every, like, a few minutes you hear about like a prominent celebrity death and mm-hmm. you see Elvis like sort of like reacting Not to it in a way political surf activists because it was Bobby Kennedy yeah. and Martin Luther King so like both people yeah that's actually for integration true. of the American yeah, society that's that's true but I also like you can see like through the the, the celebrity aspect of like pro- all these prominent figures not just the aspect of like being um pro-integration figures mm-hmm. but also like um like all these public figures around me are like decaying and all are like all i see around me is like my reality is increasingly decaying i need these pills i need drugs to like cope with everything i'm being exploited uh, i'm being explored explored no exploited exploited <laughs> i'm being exploited by uh colonel parker who i thought was my friend i'm stuck in this residency in las vegas i'm only doing it for the like I don't know why I'm doing it at this point. And like, you just see these shots of like him being surrounded by TVs and like the sounds of like mm-hmm. the news. And it's like really emphasizes that paranoia. It's like death is all around me. Decay is all around me. And also like the final conversation he has with Priscilla. About yeah. Like everything that he did, like already being like in the past, like everything faded. He never made anything that would last. Yeah. Was... That was really depressing, but like, also like a great yeah. scene. It was a great scene. And it was also like really... Like, when you think about it, like, I think both him and Merlin 
to various degrees like it's a similar sort of pattern of tragedy where you had i think a little bit more with with elvis personally but like you had these people who wanted to be artists and they just became a product yeah 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 um and like i in that scene uh i also like how he mentions like even after all he's done um in, in his career and the money he's made and the fame he's gotten like there's still there were still things he genuinely wanted to achieve like he wanted to travel the world he mm-hmm. wanted to make good movies he wanted be to be like marlon brando and james dean mm-hmm. um he says that in the movie and it was like he couldn't because like he was stuck in the, these contracts in like these relationships with like, and this, like a very abusive corporate relationship yeah exactly so like even though he achieved so many of these things like he never got um like to achieve the artistic dreams he actually had so that was a great mm-hmm. scene. I also like the contracts contrast between like like I said like the first two hours of the movie, which is just so colorful and extravagant, and that scene in specific towards the end, which is right before he dies. Yeah. Um, like it's it's like grainy, mm-hmm. the, the the like the 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 footage is like really grainy. It's also like super great. It's like a cloudy. It's like like I really like that deliberate choice of shooting it like that because he's just like so numb to it. Um, mm-hmm. that's like a great um artistic choice there yeah like do you ever like i mean i know like you're not an elvis fan but like do you ever think about because like suspicious minds was sort of like his brainchild like the sound this specific arrangement it was like it was what he thought would sound good he was like sort of mixing different influences and like sometimes i think about like like if he had space and like to have a healthy relationship with music like what he could have achieved you know what i mean no like no the, definitely it, it's the same as like with britney spears or a lot of like um pop icons that we have now that's like there's this especially with spotify and tiktok there's such a demand to like have a new album every year and it's like i really think that in order to create something it's space like yeah just both like emotional temporal like space in all meanings and it's like it's very sad to me when you see very talented people sort of trying to be creative but because they exist within a system that capitalizes creativity it sort of they they can't create in a healthy way so yeah their sort of talent and potential gets wasted in the end Mm -hmm. um it reminds me of like how how much difference there is um in the catalog of certain pop stars once they get older and get more like Mm -hmm. um autonomy and sort of artistic freedom like you can see that even though i like beyonce's entire discography like there's a clear difference there's a clear difference in what she was making in the 2000s and when she got to her 30s and like sorry the self-titled lemonade and a renaissance those are very different albums from what they were before like mm-hmm. you can see those are passion projects like mm-hmm. with working with people she like might seem un- un- unconventional in the pop sphere but she really wanted to work with and you can see the difference you can also see the difference in like rihanna's catalog and like when she gets to when she got to anti um mm-hmm. uh that that album is really different from from all the others because there's like so much you can you can tell there's a lot of like personal care put into those songs and also Mm -hmm. i can see why like she wanted to to, like take a break from music like she didn't want to put out anything and i i i i I guess like i don't know that much about elvis but besides from what i learned from these movies and like the basic cultural knowledge that everyone Mm -hmm. knows but like 
there's an interesting like proposition like what would elvis have been had he gotten older and had more like autonomy and like mm -hmm. artistic freedom to, to yeah, do what exactly. he wanted yeah yeah. Uh yeah, speaking of Beyonce. <laughs> so transition. Dream Girls. Dream Girls Dream Six. Girl. Have you seen it th this before? Or was it your no, first no, time no. seeing this film? First, first okay. time. Um, okay, so what did you what did you think? Pretty good. I mean, I like it less than Elvis because mm -hmm. it's just like it's a much more conventional movie. It's like a conventional, yeah. it, very conventionally told. There's no surprises like in the entire mm -hmm. movie. It's like you get you, you know what you're getting into from the very beginning and you you get that but the, the thing is like it's well paced the songs are great the acting is great you know like it's it's beautifully shot like it's has you know yeah like i think the only thing is like i wish i was watching this in a theater and like not in my room because like i think i would have like really like soaked in all the the excess and like the like really the power of the performances sometimes it had like in a louder sound and like a bigger mm -hmm. screen but mm -hmm. but other than that like i really don't have that much to say about dream girls i just think it's like a very conventional story but very well told you know i mean because uh, I, I don't know if you know but like so the, the film is based on a broadway musical of yeah. the same name and the broadway broadway jesus broadway uh musical was sort of essentially a story about Motown and um the Diana Ross group whose name I forgot if they get the Supremes. The, Supremes. the Supremes exactly so it's like essentially about them but like for various reasons you know they changed the name they changed some elements of the story and uh yeah it, it's 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 a good musical um I think my favorite song is like uh stepping into the bad side I think that's that's a banger yeah um that's a that, from the from the first um few songs in the movie that was my favorite too and uh, mm -hmm. okay my favorite ones were actually the ones i already knew from because they were covered on glee <laughs> <laughs> um i and i'm telling you i'm not going and oh yeah that that's awesome like because it's it's just it's i think it's like the funniest song like deliberately in the entire musical because mm -hmm. it's like um it's just like all the girls like throwing shade at each other when they're about to like yeah. fall out and and there's like there's a lot of no, humor no, no, no. and like I'm all the shade they're no, throwing no, no. i'm telling you i'm not going is after the shade sorry uh, I, it's over uh yeah 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 yeah, is yeah, the yeah, yeah. exactly no you're absolutely right um it's all over is that yeah it's all over yeah it's, it's all, all over, over. is that that's the one i'm mentioning and then like immediately afterwards it's um it's uh i'm telling you i'm not going which is the solo uh, with Effie Jennifer Hudson's mm -hmm. character, where she mm -hmm. just earned her Oscar there, which because like it's just an insane performance. Can I? Those can are I two, say... those are my two favorite because that's to me that's like the dramatic peak of the movie. The rest is just the fallout. Can I say something controversial? What? For an ego to winner, I think Jennifer Hudson is very one note. She, I completely agree in the sense that she does one thing and she does it <laughs> right, and she has a great voice, but. Other than that, like, you know, she, I don't yeah. really see her doing much else. And also, like, you know, I think, like, again, I'm not an expert on, like, singing and stuff. But, like, I think there's a lot more to sort of having to being a good singer than just being a good belter. And I think, yeah. you know, and Jennifer Hudson is an amazing belter. But that doesn't mean that, you know, automatically she has she's a much better singer than everybody else in the group. Yeah. And also... 
I don't think Effie is very likable as a character. Not at all. Yeah. And that's why it's sort of like the movie sometimes falls flat because you're supposed to be on Effie's side, but you're kind of like, but you like you don't you have zero work ethic. You're entitled, and like I I don't I don't feel <laughs> sympathy towards you, and it's very controversial thing. Dina Jones' version of One Night Only is much better than Effie's version, and like no one would have to pay me as a DJ to play that version over Effie's version. <laughs> I don't. I I I would have to hear it again. Um, so the One Night Only by Dina is like the disco one. One Night Only, and yeah, like Effie's yeah, just like a ballad, and I'm like the the disco version's better. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's actually better. No, I agree. I I know I know what you mean now. Um. But, like, I, I get what you mean about Jennifer Hudson. Like, I don't think she's very, like, captivating. It's like, I don't think she's very, like, interesting as a performer. But in here, she does work. It's like, it's like this role was made for her. Like, because it tailor, it, it's like tailor made mm-hmm. for all yeah, her no, strengths. No, no, for sure. And she, like, went all out on it. And, like, you know what? Yeah, this is mm-hmm. your role. Um, And then she's been trying to capture that ever she- since. Including like in li- cats where she is trying so hard but it falls so flat. I don't I have no idea how she managed to have an ego because I literally cannot think of anything of note she did other than this film. Like, and cats. What's the what's the Grammy? I, I thought like I like her song again, I, I um I know it I know about it because of Glee. Because like Amber Riley, who plays Mercedes, covers all her songs. Mm-hmm. Um oh, yeah. she would be I think she did play Effie uh, in did some... She? Oh, it, if, I... if so, I mean, it, she kills the songs on Glee, so yeah. I think I think there was, like, some, like, LA Center something something where she did play Effie, but I could be making it up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would make so much sense, actually, but yeah. Um, Jennifer, I, like, I thought, I like one Jennifer Hudson song that I also Amber Riley covered on Glee, which is Spotlight, and I thought Spotlight was from, from Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. I thought that that song was from Dreamgirls and I was like watching Effie was like ah this is this lyrics to Spotlight kind of also apply to Effie but then like she doesn't sing like oh okay it's just a single from Jennifer Hudson yeah yeah uh, what, uh, what, what's what's the Grammy so she won an Oscar for the supporting actress which you know it's like a one scene performance like it's just the scene just like mm-hmm. that she has that like got her the, the award but like what Emmy and Grammy? What I mean, Grammy? What for? What song? Did she uh, I'm I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check what she got that he got for. He he got like he got is so weird because like the most re- like Lin Manuel Miranda is almost getting out. Like, please, are you kidding me? I did not. When did your dislike for him start in earnest? Because I don't remember. You no, like came when we were watching in the Heights. No, because like, um, like in the Heights. I, yeah, like I just think he's annoying. I I've never seen Hamilton, but the few Hamilton songs I've heard and the performances of Hamilton I've seen, like on YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff, is like, this is really annoying me. Like I don't like listening to this guy rap. Like I don't like his facial expressions. Like I just don't connect him in any sort of way. I just think he's a bit irritating. I don't know. It's a yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fine. It's just like I'm still. Like uh, it's okay. I'm just like I'm. I'm weirded out because I didn't f- think you'd have such 
strong feelings about him, but it's you know it's okay. It, no, the thing is, right, is that like I haven't seen them. In, like I, 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 I'm not gonna say I have a, a dislike, a, like a, a a fundamented dislike for him because I haven't mm-hmm. really, I haven't seen, I haven't fully seen Hamilton. I, I avoid, I like, but I just have no interest in him as a personality. That's all. Like, it's just. I mean, I what think he does good... is like, I get, I get, I get the appeal, but it's not for me. I think. Like I think he's a good composer. Like I, I do enjoy his soundtracks. I like the songs he does for Disney films. I but I get like sort of not liking him as a performer. I think he's much better suited just writing the songs and having other people perform them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I get because like the reasons why I I thought In the Heights was like pretty pretty cool was that like nothing to do with. It was more to okay. do with like the, the 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 characters themselves and like the acting is not really anything else. Uh, so she got the Grammy for her uh, album Jennifer Hudson, which was uh, which won the best R R and B album. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, okay, yeah, sure, okay. That and she sense. also got it for the second time for the Color Purple. She did on uh because she started in the Color Purple um. Mm-hmm thing on broadway and for the color purple she also got the tony but i'm trying to figure out what she got the emmy for the emmy yeah what the hell wait a minute i'm trying let me see yeah um yeah i'm trying to see that okay so an emmy he she received an oh she got um i think she got for her guest appearance on empire she got the emmy i think (laughs) <laughs> becoming an egot for a guest appearance on empire is extremely funny that's that's like okay so the grammy is already like pretty bad with like oh. like with no, specific no. with specific categories so like winning a grammy for best r&b album which a character which is a category they don't really care about and winning your emmy for um a guest for guest actress on empire is extremely funny like she really finessed them all wait no no no. i uh so the tony was for a strange loop not the color purple but also sort of musical but yeah i i I guess i i mean the tony and the oscar i know where they come from like i guess they make sense you know she also has a producing emmy for baba yaga which is some like producing what who is Jennifer Hudson? What the fuck is she doing? All I know is that, like, of the first one, like, not one of the first. I knew that she was famous, but like, um, I also learned that she was married to like a very funny wrestler, um, <laughs> who was terrible, um, um, David Otonga. That's the name of the wrestler. He's very funny. Um, I'm not. I, I like him. Why am I saying he's terrible? He was. He was. He was a bad wrestler, but he's very endearing. Um, seems like a nice man. Oh my god! So the Emmy isn't for Empire Emmys, but producing. She got her ego by producing something that doesn't <laughs> even have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh, oh, that's really funny. Oh, like, yeah, ego. You know, like, if you, I, I guess it's harder to get a Tony and an Oscar, but like with the Emmys and the Grammys, like you can get like grammy for like doing oh i i helped with the sound mixing on one song on this album or i um forget oh i was i was a guest appearance on uh young sheldon and i won an any for best guest appearance for comedy you're like okay sure you're an egot 
John Legend has an EGOT. Doesn't make any sense. Because I just realized you can get an EGOT just for music because you can yeah. get a, a Grammy for music, a Tony for music, Oscar for music, and Emmy for music. So you can yeah. just be a very versatile musician and you get an EGOT, which is a, the, defeats the purpose of an EGOT, which is to like celebrate uh, like triple threats or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, this is why you see so many musicians um, getting, hmm. especially like very, with like very expressive theatrical voices, because also the Tony aspect of it end up getting EGOTs way more than any other um, hmm. profession. I would, I don't know. I, I would like to see is Lady Gaga. Like, I would like to see I Lady think, Gaga. I wanted to say that I think Lady Gaga should have an EGOT. I think that would be fair. At some point, to... I think she is going to get an EGOT for sure. She has a Grammy I mean, already. She already... She has she, an Oscar, I think, for she, music. And um, I think she also no, she was just nominated. Or maybe she got an Emmy for Hotel. Oh. Wait, did she? Is she wait. only a Tony away from EGOT? Did she? Did she get? I think she got an Oscar for like music, only not acting, which she should have gotten. <laughs> Already, come on. Um, she's gonna get it for her playing Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, what the hell? Does she have? I feel like she got an Emmy for Hotel. Hotel? Hotel? Lady hotel. Gaga EGOT. This is how close. Does Lady Gaga have an EGOT? Let's see. No, she doesn't. But she won an Academy okay. Award for best, has... for best Song, Best Original Song in a movie. Okay, so she has 13 Grammys, an Academy Award, two Golden Globes. Ah, she won a Golden Globe for Hotel, not an Emmy. Yeah, so no, she had a Tony Brit. and an Emmy. Hmm. Um, Brian Murphy needs to cast Lady Gaga as like a, a girl serial killer or something. <laughs> what biopic could she do for like a Ryan Murphy show that would get like a lot of I mean. Albums? It, it it would have been House of Gucci, but that was um already done. Uh and it should have gotten more. House of Gucci and Elvis are my two favorite biopics in recent. I still time. haven't seen House of Gucci. It's it's kind of Elvis like, I'm not gonna lie. Like like Jared Leto's much maligned performance is pretty much Tom Hanks, but Italian in this mm. movie. Like Tom Hanks and Elvis I was but Italian. Thinking, I was thinking that when I was watching Elvis, that like you probably love Tom Hanks he- here because he was giving me the same vibe as Jared Jared Leto in the like House of Gucci trailer. So like yeah, yeah, I I mm-hmm. I, I burst like I even think that Jared Leto is giving a much more committed performance to to for all his faults. Like he's actually giving a very committed performance in. House I think of Gucci. Jared Leto is like com- comedically, if not uh, sort of toxically yeah committed methods, to right yeah 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 that's the famous meme uh they, this in the interview says for house of gucci's like oh yeah i really immersed myself in polo gucci's world like i was bleeding also- i was italian i was i was bleeding uh olive oil and and uh, parmesan i was like what <laughs> oh wait so you know that series that uh, uh vanity fair does like actors and actors right yeah so there was an episode with Amanda Seyfried and him, and they were discussing like both playing like maligned public figures because she was playing Elizabeth Holmes, which I think yeah. I hope she gets an Emmy for that. I think she Amanda deserves it in general, not just for this role. Like I just want her to get all the words. 
um and he was playing the guy that created week um we work i don't know if you're familiar with the story it doesn't matter very like finance bra you know yeah uh defrauding the financiers stuff like that um and like amanda seyfried's like it is trying to be very personable and he's just like so serious for no reason and also like the, i think he has a lot of buttocks or like he recently got buttocks because no emotions on his face he's, he's such a Not weird a guy like emotion. he's such a weird guy anyway <laughs> anyway hairspray 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 so, okay so hairspray it's my first time watching uh 2007 hairspray the musical version essentially have you seen the the john waters hairspray? yes i have yes i have and um it's not musical it. it's not musical it's just a comedy movie because like yeah it's it, it's a very funny thing in hollywood is that like sometimes a very like campy films would be turned into musicals and then those musicals will be turned into films yeah uh, so i'm pretty sure that's what's gonna happen to mean girls musical is that in a couple Maybe. of years you're gonna get like a film which is the adaptation of the musical it'll be mean like girls. heathers we're gonna get like a heathers musical movie or something like that yeah mm-hmm. but um i saw the john waters movie and uh, it surprised me how it's a very family friendly movie it's like Especially for him, I think, right? No, no, no. Yeah, it's his most like it's his only movie that get like that got like a PG rating. It was like his like mm. as much of a blockbuster you can have as a John Waters movie. Like that was kind mm-hmm. of it, um, like a universal appeal, a family movie type. And there's there's really nothing like you would consider um, like offensive he... about about Hairspray. The only thing is like it has John Waters humor and like not the crap, not in the like the. Pink, Pink Flamingo's classic way, but like the, the, his sensibilities are all, all over it. Like the line delivery, the vines in it. A lot of actors he collaborated with was, are, are in it. And like, I think it's I, also the vines last film, right? She, uh, he, he or she, they died uh, after that film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vine, the vine died in the late eighties. Yeah, and Hairspray came out in eighty eight. Yeah, it was one of the mm. vines' last performances. And um, yeah, like it's very. I, I I personally like it more than the 2007 version because it's just it's just a John Waters touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the 2000, I really enjoy this musical too. Not gonna lie, I, I absolutely love John Travolta. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like the thing is about like Hairspray is that, like I can see that sort of as a film, like um the the John Waters original is better. But I just like I'm such a hoe for these songs. I love these songs so much. They're such like banger after banger, can't banger stop. after banger. Also, uh, um, run and tell that, run and tell that, which um, is my favorite song from the musical. What a, what an ending to this movie with can't stop the beat. Like also when like John Travolta's twerking essentially in his like glitter dress. Exactly, that's what cinema should be. Like, right? Okay, <laughs> we should maybe we should specify what hairspray is about. Like, okay, but so- like yeah, what and why it ties into the um, okay. The other so, two. so hairspray is a unlike the other two is purely fictional, and it's uh sort of um it's about Baltimore and this like show in Baltimore that is very popular, um corny something show but it's like you know yeah. kids dance sing songs like very very sixties music show, uh but sort of this story in Baltimore and story of Tracy surpass Brutosa of like the situation of the American media at the time in general 
because you have predominantly white, pretty, thin uh, performers sort of stealing or gatekeeping others from also create uh, like like uh, uh, sorry I just say the chocolate bar and I think it's messing with my brain uh, <laughs> it's you know essentially about exploitation and also gatekeeping in creative um, industry at the time uh, but sort of more specifically the plot is about Tracy who is an overweight teenager who really wants to be on TV and she gets a chance when one of the uh, sort of cast members on this dance show uh, is pregnant <laughs> so she has to go away and hide yeah. her pregnancy because 60s um and even though uh, sort of her nemesis and her mom so amber and amazing michelle pfeiffer uh as uh, um oh gosh i'm blanking on her name is it velma no it's um something would be oh i forgot to um anyway amber's mom yeah uh, they are very racist. They are very, you know, pro status quo at the time, and they yeah. don't want, you know, any change to this program's um, structure. And uh, there is a B plot uh, which concerns the black characters in this film, who are uh, who only appear one um, sort of appear in the show only once every month during Negro Day, and sort of a lot of the songs that the black kids create are then taken and used in the um by the white kids and like the general program as well and sort of there is a subplot about the black community with sort of um the involvement of tracy who's like very pro integration and everything uh trying to improve the situation and sort of have the show integrated so that the black kids and the white kids appear yeah. simultaneously on the show and there's the first plotline of Tra Tracy's mom, aka John Travolta, who's very agoraphobic and like scared of the world, the world and everything. And she sort of, you know, has like a, a second coming of age or maybe first coming of age, where she sort of comes into her own and, inspired by Tracy, starts to like like her weight, like her appearance, and be a lot more confident. And there's a this beautiful number, "Welcome to the '60s," which is so cute, so adorable, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, um, like, I I love John Travolta in this movie. <laughs> He's very, I mean, I remember because I, 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 this is one of those times where I make Pedro watch something that I was obsessed with as a kid. So I loved this film as a kid. And I remember I didn't sort of, only after years I realized that it's John Travolta. Like, I, I thought it's just like some actress. It's, cra it's, cra it's crazy because like, John Travolta doesn't get, like enough credit for being like adventurous and super versatile like he stars in mm -hmm. a lot of shit but also like he just goes all out on whatever like i just really respect this guy's commitment like he's just he's he's an oddball like for sure mm -hmm. like he's just john travolta is like insane like his filmography is so funny um like and um i i really love the 
John Travolta's interpretation of, of Edna Devine. Uh, have you seen the mm-hmm. John Waters version? Not yet. I wanted to watch it before oh, okay. we recorded, but because I was so busy with studying, I didn't I didn't make yeah. it. But I, I will watch it. I will watch it. I also like now, because like you introduced me to John Waters, I now recognize that he has a cameo in this in this film. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, right in the beginning, the many, right? Yeah. 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 The many times that I've seen that completely flow over my head. I think I also told you that he has a small role in one of the Marvel's Mrs. Maisel yeah, 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 episodes, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love, like, it just, just to, the Christopher Walken and John Travolta play a couple. And a straight couple. Like, it's and crazy. And so believable as well. I like, know. Can, Christopher Walken and John Travolta playing Edna Turnblad have amazing chemistry. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, I like amazing like cast when it comes to casting like perfect i love james marsden as corny collins like i also i think this is the best thing zach efron has ever did he's so he's so funny here he's like just so yeah he's a proto himbo i would say yeah 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 exactly exactly um like yeah i i i would say i prefer the the john waters film because mm-hmm. while the plot, like the ba- like the basic plot is the same, Hairspray 2007 is much more fleshed out. There's a lot, the movie's a lot longer. Um, there's a lot more time to flesh out the characters. Like certain plot lines are like dragged out. Like the John Waters movie is really just like, this is the basic plot. The rest is just a bunch of John Waters-esque gags, but in a more mm-hmm. family context. But like, I really do think that like this interpretation with, with uh, the songs add a lot to it. The casting was great, um, so I really have no no complaints. Really, um, I think Michelle Pfeiffer should plays should play villains more often. And like, we should only be so lucky to like get a musical this funny, this funny and fun in theaters nowadays. I think because like really good musical good musicals have been coming out. I love West Side Story, but that's not a funny musical. That's not a campy musical. That's like a very serious story. Like that's the thing. Like I think the I mean. Wicked would have that potential, but it's it's being done by the same guy who did In the Heights, so I don't think he was yeah, like explore the camp. You of know, the original yeah, musical. yeah, exactly. Like In the Heights is like negative camp, and like you know, the only thing I can like it's Cats, but Cats is like in a, a league of its own because it's it is camp, but it's also body horror and you know all that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But like, yeah, I I, I would love <laughs> to see again. I would love to see. I mean, this is kind of like a common... Ima- sorry, but imagine if Cats was done by, like, Julie. <laughs> Julie Duc- That would be sick, actually. Like, damn. That would be... That would be sick. Like, it's just... All the songs are in French. And, um... And, like, you know, practical effects of the cockroach people. Yeah. That would be so sick, actually. Like, uh, like an actual, like, Cats with all the same songs. But, like, with gore thrown into it it's just disgusting it's blood everywhere that would be that would be sick i would love that that would actually become my favorite movie <laughs> um yeah but here's I, I i really do think it's I, I am i missing something completely or i like there's genuinely a lack for a movie like that has the energy of hairspray in theaters nowadays mm. like it just i think no like it was recent because like when you think about it like there was like this heyday of like music movie musicals because like you had in 2007 hairspray which was like a huge box box office hit and like the year after it was mamma mia and after that yeah yeah i mean like 
I mean, we need a Mamma Mia three. That's that's what's gonna save it. But like, <laughs> but like an actual like huge blockbuster like Hairspray. Like Mamma Mia doesn't have that budget still, even two. So like, I don't know. I but I was watching these. It's like, I mean, less and less. I like watching movies at home less and less. But also mm-hmm. like, I with these movies and specifically, I, specifically, I was just like with Dreamgirls and Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, I wish I was seeing this in the theater because it's like, especially with musicals, like I'm, I was fine watching um, Hairspray, the John Waters version at home because that's such more of a self-contained yeah. funny movie to watch at home. But like with these, I really do think like the the spectacle and the extravagancy of of it all, of the sets also and with the choreography, like and everything, really, yeah. really, like I would love to like react to John John Travolta's performance with this with like an audience or something. Like I would, that would be with like a good cinema audience. That would be great. Um, Speaking of cinema audience, we have to wrap this up because I have to go to the cinema. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I also my... don't have much to say. Much else to say about hairspray, like. I just want to know which which song is your favorite one from from yeah. the ones in the song. I, I love the ending. I love Can't Stop the Beat. Oh, okay. You okay. Can't Stop the Beat. Yeah, I, I that was my favorite. Because um, I, I, I didn't... A lot of the other songs, I enjoyed them in the movie, but like the, the, the only one that really got stuck in my head was You Can't Stop the Beat. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's, that's about... You know what I also find interesting is that whenever you have like movie musicals, either songs get cut as it happened in Hairspray so the Broadway version has more songs mm. or songs get added like in Dreamgirls they added like four songs in the really? film it's like, which songs it's did they ne- add on in Dreamgirls so for example Listen was or uh, is uh. not in the, the Broadway musical uh, and a couple of others that I can't remember now off, off the top of my head but it's like it's always like that they either cut songs or they add songs so for yeah. example in the Heights cut a few songs but then um, um, Les Mis, when it was adapted with Hugh Jackman, they added songs. So it's like they never like leave the Broadway version intact. It's always mess around yeah, with in some way or another. Yeah, Cats also the Taylor Swift song. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's um, weird. Weird predictory. But yeah, that is all for today. Um, I think Elvis is worth... A shot for sure. I think all I recommend all the, I recommend all these movies, but like, mm-hmm. I I I don't know because like I don't know why Elvis is divisive. It's like not as divisive as other movies that come out this year, like Don't Worry Darling, Blonde, etc. But it's like Elvis is divisive for no reason. I really do think this should be like universally Elvis, acclaimed. I think it's because Elvis has become quite a like a divisive figure because his role and like the erasure yeah. of black influence on rock music no no that i get but like the movie itself like a lot of people just like oh it's so goofy it's like it's not taken seriously it's like a slog it's really long like the same criticism thrown to like house of gucci and i i really can't see that perspective but you like goofy shit so maybe that's why yeah i know but it's like do you really want like Bohemian Rhapsody for Elvis? Is that what you really want? You I still Elvis haven't critics? seen Bohemian Rhapsody. Don't watch yeah. it. It's genuinely one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Like it's I have awful. like no interest in, in watching so uh, watching Bohemian Rhapsody. It is also like I find it like very ridiculous as well because like as far as I know, sort of Queen's history as a band was quite kind of mellow. They just were a band and like of course there were some like you know yeah artistic tensions but like overall it was a quite healthy sustainable environment and I, from what i heard the like turned is like it's some melodrama between the bandmates and i'm like 
it's it's so it's if you so want a melodrama do a fleetwood mag it's biopic. so bad and it, it it's like an affront to everything freddie mercury was it has zero camp like quality to it like zero extravagance no energy just like this is a wikipedia page and we're trying to to make the stories be seem really serious and important without any substance it's it's the opposite of elvis okay. um, because elvis is like it it makes a, a distinct creative choice to match the story of its the, the story of its subject it um it has a lot of idiosyncrasies it, it it comments on Elvis's place in culture at the time and right now and his legacy. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a much richer movie than like movies such as Bohemian Rhapsody or or the like that like just have no creativity, no sense of adventure. Like terrible just... editing as well, from what I've heard. Bohemian oh, Rhapsody, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but like, um, it's. I don't know, it confounds me. Why do you want an Elvis biopic to be, like, serious and not just what Elvis the movie was? And, like, it's, I don't know, I, I just, it's, the movie's so compelling to me. And it's so entertaining as well. I could see it a third time. I only didn't do it because of time, but, like, I would see it a third time. It is very watchable. It is very, like, energetic. It It, it, it has a message, has a point. I don't know. I don't understand why Elvis is divisive at all. I have no comments. I didn't even know it was divisive. I, yeah, I, yeah. I saw only like positive reviews. So like, yeah, when it me. premiered, when it premiered, it kind of was one of the special screenings. Like it, it's okay. It has good reviews. Like it has a good score. Rotten Tomatoes has seventy seven, but it's mm -hmm. like. When it when it like premiered in in Cannes, like a lot of the critics was like, "This is a huge long slog." I'm like so tired. I'm like, "Oh, this is." so ridiculous oh tom hanks is doing a character yeah that's what that's the point you know like what do you want <laughs> like do you want colonel parker to be a fleshed out multi-dimensional complex character no you fucking don't they wanted they wanted the crown but about elvis oh god yeah okay that is all for today what song are you gonna play at the end i could i don't know there's a lot because it's a music episode i don't know there's a lot <laughs> Okay, do your thing, and next episode we're gonna watch the American hotel Horror story. Yeah, I'm gonna add and... the. I'm gonna actually just gonna add the Elvis sound effect. I don't know if you noticed this, when Elvis is in, is is on stage in, in Vegas, he swallows the mic. Do you uh -huh. Remember that bit? <laughs> yeah, the sound it makes like the. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna add that. I'm obsessed with that sound because he did that in real life too. They added that in the movie because he did that in real life, and it just became such okay. a like a like a funny Elvis moment. Okay. Um, uh, go off, go song. nuts, and well, for Lord Hollywood, have, Lord have mercy. Well, well. <laughs> um, yeah, that is all for today. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna American go watch Jory Comer uh, now. I'm gonna go see her do her yeah. thing. Okay, bye. Bye. Lord have mercy. Oh.